0: Hey everyone and welcome back to the 20 Minute Marketing Podcast. I hope you are having a wonderful day and as always thank you for listening to the show. We always appreciate your support. For anyone that might be a new listener, my name is Liam and every week I interview a guest expert on topics like SEO, paid ads, content, social media, and lots more. We've been doing the show for almost two years now, so feel free to check out some of our previous episodes if you do enjoy listening to Marketing Conversations. So with that said, let's get started with today's episode, which is number 74 of the show. I'm really excited to welcome Matthew Sokol, who is our guest today, and he is joining us from Algebra we're going to be talking about pay-per-click advertising and specifically whether brands should go in-house or use PPC agencies to uh, manage their PPC efforts. I think it's a really interesting conversation, it's a brand new topic for the show and I'm looking forward to hearing Matthew's thoughts. Before we dive in, um, let me introduce Matthew and then we'll get started. So hey Matthew, welcome to the show and how's it going?
1: Hi Liam, yeah, really good. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me. It's nice and sunny where we are when we're recording, so that always makes things a little bit a little bit more positive. Um and yeah, we're really looking forward to, to delving into what I think was a really fascinating discussion.
0: No problem. Thank you for joining us. And yeah, it's always nice when we record on a sunny day. Uh definitely helps brighten the mood. So before we get started, could you quickly introduce yourself and algebra for us, please?
1: yeah so my name is matthew uh, i'm ppc specialist at algebra uh, we're a paid media agency who uh, operate on a fully remote sort of scale and um, we've been doing that kind of pre covid and um, so when everyone started taking things and working from home we've, we've been doing that a while Um we offer uh, managed services we offer consultancy uh, we offer auditing uh, across all paid media platforms and uh, i've got about five years experience uh, in this industry Um previous to this role uh, I, was a, I was a trainer at uh, Mabel, based up in the northeast. So, um, yeah, love PPC, love, love paid media, something that I kind of fell into, but quickly developed a bit of a passion for, and something that I'm, you know, I'm a bit of a bit of a data geek and a bit of a sort of a nerd in that respect. So, kind of, it was a perfect fit for me. So, uh, yeah, that's a bit about me.
0: Yeah, sounds great. Thanks for the intro. Um, sounds like you get a real kick out of PPC then, which is ideal because that's exactly what we're going to be talking about during this episode. Um, so yeah, let's dive in and get started. <laughs> So I've mentioned it a few times already, we're going to be talking about PPC management and comparing the pros and cons of managing your account in-house or perhaps using an agency. Um, it should be really interesting because you work agency side, Matthew, so I'm definitely interested to hear your thoughts on moving in-house potentially. Before we start though, I'd love to sort of find out what it is that excites you about the topic and why you wanted to bring it to the podcast.
1: For me, it's such a, an interesting topic of conversation really, um, because as I said work worked agency side for, for nearly five years and the opportunity to now be in a position to sort of discuss kind of the various ways in which paid media can work is fascinating. Because it's not, it's not exactly one size fits all ecosystem. Kind of feel like it's something that's that's not discussed enough. And I'm absolutely not here, by the way, to say that kind of that we have all the answers. And you know, I'm just trying to say that it's possible for the agencies to kind of coexist within housing. Um, and it's a topic of discussion that we have ourselves internally at Algebra. Um, and something that we're trying to sort of push out there because, like I say, it's fascinating. I feel like a lot of agencies are maybe sometimes overly protective of of how they do things and or um are overly protective of the fact that an agency has to exist at all so yeah it's such an interesting topic of of conversation it's it's just something that i kind of feel is 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 needing to be engaged in this industry and because there's not always a a right or wrong answer that's kind of black and white for for every every advertiser
0: yeah completely agree and i do think that there are times when you might need one or the other but there is also times when you can have a blend of both as well so let's dive in. Let's say that you are helping a business that is planning their PPC strategy and deciding whether to manage in-house or go down the agency route. What are some of the pros and cons of each option? And maybe start with agency side first, and then we'll move on to in-house after.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's just start with, quickly, about for the pros of an agency, if you're using an agency, the pros is that you get a dedicated account manager, not someone that's there that's going to be you know committed to your account and the learnings and outs of your account and that kind of thing, they'll be in touch quite regularly. And they'll send you a monthly report or a bi-monthly report or whatever it might be that will suit your needs. So you'll, you know, you'll get your report and you'll get all the information there. In as much as you know the, the, the cons and that sort of thing, I suppose one of the things that you've got to look at is that a lot of agencies charge based on, based on spend. So whether that's you know percentage of spend, percentage of some of the hours that, that are worked on the account, even maybe some of the revenue that is, that is made, those sorts of fees can rack up quite quickly. From a cons perspective, I suppose, you know, the building side of things can can rack up quite quickly. But listen, from an agency perspective, there are lots of good agencies out there. Absolutely not bashing agencies, we're an agency ourselves, So yeah, there's, there's obviously pros and cons of both. From an in-housing perspective, the pros of in-housing are, are massive for, especially for bigger teams. Uh, if you think about a team that's maybe, not thinking about an SME, but think about maybe a, a larger company, they might, or might need to have multiple touch points and multiple people. If you think about, let's say, an account spending £100,000, you're probably not going to get the best out of an agency or you might not get the best out of an agency when compared to an in-house team because the in-house team could be that like, much more dedicated to it and they can spend more time. If you think about someone that's managing the account at an agency, um, they're probably managing 5, 10, 15, 20, maybe 30 other accounts. It depends on you know, how the agency does things. If you've got a team doing that in house, then you're obviously much more likely to get the time and attention that you you're able to dedicate. And um, especially, like I say, if you've got multiple people above you that are you know wanting questions answered and wanting to know how things are going, so that's one of the, the biggest things for me. And um, the other one I just want to touch on is from a from a fees perspective. If you're spending 150 grand or whatever on your advertising per month and you're paying an agency based on a percentage of spend, probably not the most cost effective way of doing things. Um, you could employ a few people a month for that. You could employ another team of three four five things, on who they are their experience how good they are and what you need them to do so yeah from from a financial perspective sometimes it makes much more financial sense to take things in-house i suppose the cons of to think about to wrap this up the cons of uh of taking things in-house that sometimes you can miss out on maybe little updates from maybe the likes of google and bing and facebook and things like that by by not having an agency that's there at the you know the typical agency events and the typical updates that you get and the beaters and all that kind of thing and i suppose the one thing i do want to mention as well is there is a potential downside of taking things in-house um, in as much as, if you think about an account manager at, at an agency, they're gonna be monitored or they're gonna be sort of judged on retention. They're gonna probably do as much as they can to make sure that your account doesn't leave. So that means they'll be testing things regularly. They'll be you know, in constant communication with you. Potentially, you know, someone managing uh, in-house might not do as much testing, might not be doing as much sort of on the fresh ideas, on the new practices being implemented and that kind of thing. So there is a risk of that. Um, most of them wouldn't, you know, I dare say wouldn't, wouldn't let it slip to that, but there is that a potential risk. That's probably, yeah, in a nutshell, I suppose, the pros, cons of ANC versus in-house. There's a lot more to it than that, but those are the main things that spring to mind.
0: It is really interesting, and I can definitely add a few things from my time at Reach over the past two years as well. So I was managing our PPC account in-house and it was great because I had a lot of control on the structure, the direction, the budget and things like that. But I also had three or four other major things to work on, such as SEO, content, social media, uh, which meant that there was always an opportunity cost there. And um, an agency could definitely have helped at times when I was pretty swamped on working on other channels and things like that. One of the things that I noticed that you do at Algebra is help clients move in-house and become independent. So I'd love to know how that works.
1: Yeah, absolutely. One one of the things that we help do is to take things in-house. Now, that might sound absolutely ridiculous. You know, we're an agency, we managed paid media, um, and we're we're helping you know clients go in-house. Now, you might look at that and think, well, how is that sustainable for you as an agency? Well, what we do is we help them with the whole sort of process, you know, themselves. And one of the Constant things that we're reminded of when we're we're helping clients take things in-house is that they're then building their team that are so dedicated, purely dedicated to their projects, to their whatever it is, their ethics, their goals, their uh, objectives. One of the things I mentioned earlier about percentage of spend, from a you know commercial perspective of what you're spending on your advertising, that one of the big pros can be that you could have, as I said before, a team of people that are dedicated to your to your account or accounts, purely there for your company, with a much more cost-effective output. In as much as let's use the example of kind of salary versus what you're paying agency. I don't know. Let's say you're spending forty grand on your advertising. Obviously, you're going to be paying if it's on a percentage of spend. Uh, you're going to be paying an agency x amount of, of thousands of pounds per month potentially. When we get when we start talking about you know 150,000 pounds or 250000 or 500,000 pound a month on your advertising, it probably racks up a decent a decent bill. Which at that point, you as an advertiser as a company probably look at that and go, well, maybe it does make more sense for us to take things in house to have an in house team, and um, because we could have five people for what we maybe be paying an agency, who are as I keep saying dedicated purely to that account so it's really interesting when we're you know working with clients and they're kind of hiring themselves and they're thinking about their agency output versus what they could get from an in-house team it's it's really fascinating to see how how different clients approach it
0: yeah absolutely and i think there is a huge opportunity for agencies to offer that type of service So you go in there for a set amount of time, you get everything optimized and cleaned up, and then you help businesses to transition to in-house when the time is right. And I know that that wouldn't work for everyone, but I think having that option definitely adds a layer of trust and an end goal for businesses that might be skeptical about the whole process and maybe hiring an agency that only wants to skim the surface. And what's interesting is that I actually went through a similar development plan at Reach. I was actually assisted by an agency for the first 12 months of my time at REIT. Um, and then after that period, they signed off and I took over. So I think that two-way relationship can really help all parties. And I definitely think that we'll move towards more of a collaborative approach. Um, so let's go back to sort of algebra and you guys helping clients. Um, what are some of the things that you help clients with during the onboarding process then if they are looking to move in-house?
1: Yeah, that that question you mentioned there, We basically the way that it, it works for us is we often help them with the the hiring process. And and again, it's it's not necessarily one size fits all. It's something that we look at and go, right, what you know, we we, we discuss with the client what what do you want? What is it you're looking for? Client in housing. So we're working with a company at the moment whereby it started off as kind of like an eight week project at the start of the year, but probably going to go on a bit a bit longer than that. Now that is purely on the basis of, of kind of them wanting to pick the right person when it comes to hiring uh, they're not rushing into a decision but we're helping them with that so we're helping them kind of screen candidates vetting cvs you know the whole interview process but in the background of all of that we've been been helping this particular client with kind of a restructure and um, so across uh, a couple of their accounts we've been looking at you know, what's the current framework uh, what could be done better you know initially we audited it we told them this is if you go on board this is what we'd suggest we're now putting that into practice it's really interesting when you have these discussions with clients in this in this instance you know in this this instance where we say okay you know you're looking to bring someone in house or maybe a few people in house or a team of people in house what is it maybe that wasn't working at at the previous agency and let us know that and we'll we'll factor that in you know in the hiring process we'll factor that in when we're building stuff out in the technology that we're implementing so that when you're left with the eight weeks after you know 12 weeks or whatever it might be of kind of our project and and us sort of managing that and helping you with the, the hiring you're left in a position where probably won't need us too much but if you do we're always there for you know um, for you to lean on so yeah and then we hand you know we once the once they're happy once the clients are, are there they've got the person in place or the people in place that they want from an from in-house team perspective we kind of hand them a playbook of this is what we've done this is how things are, uh, are structured and why and these are the bits of tech and these are the scripts we've built or whatever it might be and we, we leave them with a playbook and, and say We'll kind of be in touch if there's any further questions or if we want to come back and use you for consultancy, then sometimes they do that. And it's it's just really nice to kind of know that you've played a part, I guess, in helping a client, an advertiser, kind of tweak slightly how they're doing things but hopefully get better results or at least get um, get to grips with the model that suits them better. So again, like i got to say, a really fascinating topic of discussion and something that I feel is possibly going to become bit more of a norm in the next 12 to 24 months maybe especially when teams have, have seen based on the pandemic that roles and, and, and jobs can be done remotely and can be done you know from a, from a number of places I think not being restricted to having an in-house team that has to be set in an office or a set location um is probably helpful for that and it, i i wouldn't be surprised to see more 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 sort of clients and more advertisers look at this and go, maybe we don't need an agency. Um which again might sound daft coming from someone from an agency, but you know I am purely meaning that in a in a sense of yeah there will always be needs for for, for agencies for certain clients but not for others.
0: One thing that I wanted to go back on uh, from your original point, was about budget. I also think you have to add account size to that conversation too. So at Reach, I was running our account and it was B2B focused. So it didn't have crazy numbers or campaigns or keyword opportunities. Um, when you compare that to uh, ecom site, for example, which has thousands of products in different variables, um, then those accounts can get really big and complex pretty quickly. Um, so they might need some more assistance. So I do think account size as well as budget should be considered when you're making that decision.
1: Just to jump on that, we um we work with John Lewis, um one of the biggest retailers in, in the UK. That's not a, a shameless plug. I'm using it as a, as an actual example. In this instance, you know where they're spending the sort of money that they're spending and the thousands and thousands of products that they've got. You need an in-house team. There's there's absolutely no way that I would even advocate that they would ever um have an agency really, because you need multiple people, multiple touch points, multiple. Uh, you know multiple people that you're answering to so that's an instance there where there's no way really that could work at an agency you need an in-house obviously we, we work with them as an agency but we don't manage it we, we you know help with them on a consultancy base the flip side of that is if you've got someone that's spending a couple of grand or whatever then they're absolutely fine being managed by an agency and, I, and like I say it will vary client to client account to account advertising um account to advertising account but like you say it, it's it's such a there's such variety out there that there's an option for for, for both sides of the coin isn't it?
0: Yeah, completely agree. And we've mentioned Google a few times now, but we haven't even really scratched the surface of other paid media channels. Um, So this can be a conversation around Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads, Bing ads, and there's a whole host more as well in there. I have two more questions before we close out. Um, so speaking from the brand side, um, one worry for them might be that they have to sign a long-term contract or commit to a long period of time. And then an agency might come in, make some changes, and perhaps the account doesn't perform as expected. So how can brands mitigate that risk and try to avoid getting stuck in a situation that doesn't work out long-term for them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'd be very wary if anyone makes you sign like, yeah, so is just personal preference for. Well, so I'd be very wary if anyone makes you sign like a, a 24-month contract or something like that, you know, anything too long. Not every agency even uses contracts, so, I, you know, I should state that, but not everyone uses uh, a contract-based model. And um, We're actually working with someone at the moment who kind of are helping to, to in-house things, and they um, are actually stuck with their agency for another month or so, and it's purely based on contractual stuff. One well, things that I will mention just on your on your question though, where a contact is going to be in place, and um, something that we're quite big on, and, and we've discussed in you know uh, algebra for helping people, is that chemistry meetings can be great, great idea. So basically, it allows the client to, to to meet the account manager who's going to be running their account before they kind of sign up. I suppose that's a, an option. So when you go and first maybe pitch for the account or whatever you do as a as kind of a like, you know a, a sort of a, a pre meeting, as it were, or, or a meeting before anything's signed meeting the person that's going to be sort of handling, you know, the day-to-day account to get a feel of them, to kind of to get a feel of the, the company. That's maybe something that's worthwhile if if a contract is going to be signed. You know, people do business with people, don't they? So meeting the person that you're going to be speaking to is is probably a, a nice way to kind of get a feel. And um, that would be probably one of the go-to things that I would always really suggest in that instance.
0: Yeah, I think meeting your potential account manager and requesting to speak to a few existing clients is possibly a great way to approach things before you sign a, a commitment. Before we close out, then just a general question. Do you have any quick fire tips for in-house marketers that are running PPC campaigns right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. From an in-house perspective, I think the biggest thing that you can kind of be aware of or to sort of stick by is to kind of not be dictated to by Google. Um, now, I'm not, wanting to disrespect you know google too too much i've been fortunate enough to sort of you know work with a couple of people there that have been great over the years i'm not absolutely by any stretch slagging google off but you've got to do what's best for you as a business not what will kind of line their pockets some of the some of the recommendations um some of the what sound like they are best intentional suggestions for your account sometimes are more upselling than anything from google reps and that kind of thing so like i say whilst of have respect for Google and not sort of wanting to, to slag them off too much. Um, You as an in-house team have got to do what's best for your business goals and performance. And that's far more important than than even thinking that, oh, what if we piss Google off? Well, that's irrelevant for me as far as I'm concerned. Do what's best for you as a team, as a business and, and worry about Google later. So that would probably be one of the, the biggest things that I would push to anyone that's running things in-house. Don't be bullied by Google. Not that Google are bullies, but, you know, it can sometimes feel a bit like that.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good one, because the recommendations usually always suggest that you increase your budget and put more money into the account. Um, So I'd always question them and trial a few things rather than just accepting all of those recommendations. We are going to wrap up the main section right here. So thanks for bringing a new discussion to the show, Matthew. Um, I'm sure that you'll have given our listeners something to think about. We're going to close out with two quick fire questions that are really fun to close out the episode. So stay tuned with us for a few more minutes. This closing section of the episode has two quick questions that I love asking to every guest that joins us. Uh, we get such a wide range of answers. The first one, Matthew, is do you have a memorable story that jumps out when you look back on your career? So it could be something funny, inspirational, or embarrassing, for example.
1: I was contemplating whether to tell this or not because it, it still cracks me up now and it's very embarrassing. But do you know what? I feel like people might have a laugh from it, so I'm all right with that. So, myself and Tom, who's also with Meet Algebra now, we were at an event a Google event uh, as it was uh, a few quite a few years ago now in Manchester and I'd never been in this building before where the event was uh, and I uh, was very tired and it was first thing in the morning and we were kind of having breakfast and stuff and waiting for this Google event to start I needed uh, the toilet I was a uh, full bladder walked down this corridor and couldn't quite tell what the men's and the women's toilets were as much as these figures were very 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 similar and a bit groggy in the morning not quite walking up yet I managed to walk into the uh, the ladies' toilets. Now, thankfully, it was it was quiet enough, but I just remember going in, thinking, there's no Uranus, this is not the gents, and like, going to the toilet and thinking, oh, what do I try to do? Texting Tom and being like, mate, what do I do? Um, anyway, I managed to, the, the course was clear, I managed to find the gents, and if I ever go back to this building that was it was in Manchester, if I ever go back to this particular building, I won't make the same mistake. He laughs at me still and says, I'm an idiot, but I still maintain that being very tired, and in a building that I didn't know, That the little stick figures on the door weren't the clearest and so that's my embarrassing story that you might as well have a laugh at at my expense.
0: (laughs) Yeah that's definitely a funny one. Um, I do actually have a similar story as well so I'll share that with you. I've got a season ticket at my local football club and I used to sit on one side of the main stand with my friends um, and it has a divide in the middle where the corporate seats are and a few years ago I swapped to the other half of the stand to sit with my dad um, and I just assumed that the men's and the women's toilets were in the exact same order. Um, but for some reason, they're in the opposite places and they switched around on that side of the, the main stand. Um, and I needed the, the toilet while the game was on. So I was in a bit of a rush. So I sprinted down the stairs and I just waltzed right round the corner and into the toilets, which I thought were the men's, like the opposite side of the stand. Um, and they weren't, they, they were the women's. Um, so that was quite an experience too as well. Let's move on now to uh, my final question. Do you have a favorite marketing resource that you could share with our listeners?
1: I love reading, um, so I'm going to use two examples of written content. The first one is pretty much anything by Avanash Kaushik, uh, the man's a, a, a legend in my eyes. Um, so if you check out Occam's Razor, for anyone who's not heard of Avanash, we're not on first name terms, by the way, but um, yeah, uh, that's the first one that I would certainly recommend. Uh, and then for, from a non-PBC specific, or not even a, a, a marketing general specific context, but just in a way to kind of get you to think, um, I would suggest start with why by Simon Sinek. Now, it does look at brands. It does look at marketing. But even just when you're thinking about the bigger picture of things, that, that for me is something I revisit all the time. Um, so yeah, Avinash Kaushik, to uh, Razor, and Start With Why by Sam Cynic.
0: Yeah, awesome. Thank you for sharing both with us. Um, I will post the links to both of them in our show notes for easy access um, if anyone wants to check them out. We are going to wrap up the episode here. So thank you for joining us, Matthew. I've had a lot of fun chatting about PPC management with you on this episode
1: thanks for having me
0: cheers yeah no worries so thank you to everyone for listening we always appreciate the support have a great week and we'll see you next wednesday with a new topic